Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 56 of the Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boak, and I am your host. Join me once again in the studio, my co-host, our worship pastor, the man who sanitizes his change and calls it money laundering, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Mr. <laughs> Matt Collins. Matt, how are you today, sir? I'm good. It's I'm good, good to see it, you, man. It's impressive, all the things you can come up with, man. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, uh, just for you, buddy. I do that just for Thanks. you. Also joining us in the studio today, our worship, our, or excuse me, our lead pastor. Are you the worship pastor uh, now? Go. You're switching up. <laughs> I like it. You do not Switch want up me Sunday. up there. <laughs> you should try that sometime. We absolutely should. Matt will preach and I'll lead worship. I think that's a great idea. We all should right, absolutely do that. Do all right. It'll be real short and a lot of worship. That's right. <laughs> our lead pastor, Adam Bishop. Adam, how are you today, sir? We could sing. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like the song we would actually sing. Right. So I kind of. I got a couple of good kid songs okay. that we yeah. could get. Yeah, like that, we used to do like a kid's camp and student camp, you know, yeah. fun songs. That, I don't know if the adults would get into them. What, you know? what, like, like what? Like Pharaoh Pharaoh? Or? Um, no. Yeah, I, 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 bring that back, yeah, man. I, I could sing of your love forever and just Heck repeat it. Yeah, there you man. go. No, see, that's a great song. <laughs> yeah. So um, bring man, it. You got my brain if all you did that, chasing that. <laughs> bring it on the fire, man. I, I'm doing good, and we will not be doing that Sunday. At okay, some that, point. that's not happening. You know, if okay. you're seeing these churches, and maybe you're listening, you grew up in a little church like this, they'll do like Youth Sunday. Right. Where they give the yeah. entire service to the teenagers and yeah. let them run yeah, the yeah, service. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, God bless those little churches because when I was 19 and 20 <laughs> years old, that's how I got uh, a chance to preach. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah okay. So I would work at these camps in the summer and get to know all these youth pastors and youth groups and do their devotions. So they're one Sunday a year. They get Youth Sunday, you know, a little church <laughs> right. of, you know, 60, 70 people. Sometimes it's real big, like 100 people. Yeah. <laughs> and they— They'd pay me like just enough money to cover my gas to drive from Tennessee <laughs> down to South Georgia, you know, and, and get to preach. And I'm sure they were terrible sermons. I mean, they had to be <laughs> awful, you know, because I'm 19, 20 years old, just nothing but passion, baby. Right, just, right. you know, right. probably making every, you know, mistake you can make in preaching. And those people were so good to me. I wish I wish I could track down some of those folks. I mean, I know where the churches are. Yeah. But just to thank them, I'll tell you a funny story about that one time. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm at this little church, and I preach, and they have Sunday night church. So I got to go back and preach on Sunday night. Like, I'm doing it old school, you know? <laughs> Look at you. And so in the afternoon, they were like, well, we're going to have a big pool party. All the students are come together, we're going to eat hamburgers and hot dogs. I'm like, yeah, awesome, you know? So we're hanging out, and I'm hanging out with all the adults and um, there's this like gigantic dude who's like a volunteer in the student ministry. We're in the middle of nowhere, Georgia. Yeah. And he's like, boy— how old are you? And uh, I was like, I was like, I think I think I was twenty. I was like, I'm twenty. He goes, twenty. I got underwear older than you. <laughs> you need to get some new underwear. Yeah, sir. no kidding, man. I wasn't sure how to respond. I didn't right? know what to say. Like, congratulations. <laughs> you, that's <laughs> I awesome. I didn't know if that was a, a good thing. I didn't know if I should apologize. Yeah. So I'm it was, sorry. It was really weird. So, um, but on those particular Sundays, the the good people in those churches would put up with bad music and bad preaching. Right, right, right. We will not subject our people to one of those Sundays. <laughs> not saying Matt couldn't preach, right? But it'd be bad music. Okay? Uh, no. Yeah. So we will not do that. Be a little um, rough. That's yeah, really cool, so. though, that, that you had the opportunity to do that. They would actually let that Sunday happen to oh, yeah. invest in next generation. That's Absolutely. Fantastic. And that's yeah. what they were doing. Yeah. You know? That's really cool. And those cool. pastors, I, I think now, all these years, because now, now, now being a pastor, that like the youth pastor would walk in his office and go, trust me, it'll be fine. I know he's 19, <laughs> and we spent a week with him at camp, but let him preach here at the church. And the pastors yeah. would say, okay. And that's they would awesome. be encouraging. And I love that. So, that's yeah, really cool. definitely benefited from that. But that has immediately <laughs> popped into my mind right. when you accidentally flipped up our, it's yeah. like, oh boy, that's how it'd yeah. be here. Yeah. So we won't do It'd that. It'd be great, man. Uh, yeah. It'd be great. So gentlemen, have a good weekend. I know you... Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. our youth football team, Jacob's team won. So first first, first, first victory win. of the okay. year down in Greenville, Alabama. Not Greenbow, Alabama. Greenville. Right. Greenville. 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 <laughs> Greenville. And a good little town, small town America, football, you know, um, our Pike Road Patriot varsity team won yep. Friday night. So that was awesome. Coach and Ufala. And Ufala. Coach Rigby got to beat his old team. So yeah. I love that. That must have been interesting for him, kind of going back to, well, we talked about it on the coaches' show last yeah. week. I mean, how often as a coach are you coaching a game where you've influenced every player in the game? Yeah, both that's true. both teams, you know. So for him, I know that was rewarding. But <laughs> once the game starts, you want to win, you right? Know? right, so, right. Uh, so he won Friday night. The Patriots won Friday night. Jacobs team won Saturday. We came home, had a good rest of the day. Beautiful weather, so it was great. Yeah, it was great, great weekend. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Matthew? Yeah. Uh, we didn't do hardly anything, oh, and that nice. was great. <laughs> <Those> <laughs> are nice. Yeah. Yeah. Those are nice. Yeah. 
really relaxing weekend. Yeah, yeah. We spent the weekend uh, cleaning. Uh, we're going out of town next week, and so we have someone coming to house sit and dog sit for us, uh, <laughs> one of Christy's friends. And uh, and because someone else is coming into our house, that means that everything must be clean. My whole theory is like, shouldn't we <laughs> Why, clean it yeah. while we're there and have yeah, a nice let house? Yeah, clean it, man. It's fine. Although I will say, well. when we got done cleaning, I was like, huh, our room's bigger than I thought it was. So that's uh, <laughs> that was kind of nice. But no, so we spent the weekend doing that, and then uh, obviously, you know, everything Sunday, and yeah. we had our uh, information meeting with our student ministry uh, Sunday night, had a bunch of parents come out, all the leaders nice. uh, come out, and we... Uh I'll talk about this real quick. We announced that December 28th through the 30th, uh, we're taking our student ministry up to Strength to Stand Conference in, uh, in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. It's going to be great. They have fantastic speakers there, but I'm really excited about the music. Uh, Russia Fools from Montgomery uh, nice. is leading worship. No way. Yep. Yeah. Oh, great. Yep. So I'm, I'm hoping to I'm hoping to text Wes, because you know, we know Wes, and uh, to be the cool youth pastor that like, gets them to meet the worship band. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, got to yeah, play yeah, that yeah. card. Yeah. He would do that, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely yeah, would. Absolutely will. And uh, so, Wes, if you're listening, just a heads up. And uh, <laughs> that's right. And then uh, there's two concerts, one each night, and uh, they've got KB, which if you don't know Come who KB on, yeah. is, he's KB fantastic. Is awesome. Yep. And uh, Crowder the second night. No way. Yeah. I'm bringing wow. The house down, so man. our students are going. Our students are going, and uh, you know I've already had uh, several uh, adults telling me I volunteered to chaperone. <laughs> I, say, I like, have a student in the student ministry. <laughs> that's right. That sounds going. amazing. Yeah, that's right. So no, it's going to be a blast. There's a waiting list where the parents that want to go. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you can apply, but uh, yeah, no, it's I great. We've got that. great folks. And, you give me uh, the middle school boys, I bet you'll say yes. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's going to be a good trip, and so we're we're excited about that. Excited about all the other stuff happening, but I mean, just, just an incredible weekend here at the church. We continued our message series from blessed, or excuse me, from stress to, to blessed. Yeah, I keep getting things backwards. Yeah, today. we don't want to add stress blessed. to right. people's lives. Blessed to stress Blessing. now. That's yeah. <laughs> yes, right, right. Blessing. So yesterday we talked a lot about time management, and uh, I want to just kind of, you know, at the beginning of your message, at the beginning of this conversation... I didn't call it time management. <laughs> sure. I called it <laughs> but, blessing with our time. Blessing with our yeah, time. Blessing. There we go. Well, I want to I want to dive into <laughs> why seminar talking... Seminar and time management. That's good. <laughs> why talking about this is so important. Like, does God really care how I spend my time as long as I'm not spending it like sinning like is does god care about that it's a pretty low bar chad as long as i'm not sinning yeah no i mean i i said it kind of up top in the message that how we spend our time is how we live our life mm. so if you don't like talking about time let's just talk about life sure okay? so life is a gift and you only get to go around once there are no dress rehearsals and the way that you have a quality of life is evaluated and measured and really determined by what you choose to do with your time. And I think so many times we forget that. And it's easy to just say, well, I don't have enough time, or I'm too busy, or I've got too much on my plate, and almost let time happen to us instead of us being proactive with our time. That's and so when you're proactive with your time, ultimately what you're doing is you're living your life on purpose. And for believers who have actually been given something called the Great Commission, everything about our life should have purpose. Hmm. That's really the only reason we're still here, Chad. Right. I mean, our real home's in heaven. Right. So we're just taking up space right now. And far too many Christians, that really is all they're doing. Just taking up space, breathing air, eating food, and consuming resources. Mm -hmm. And you've forgotten the only reason God still has you here is for a purpose. So this is now a stewardship. The rest of your life is a stewardship of what you're going to do with the time God's given you because mm. it's so short. Mm. In light of eternity, your time here on earth is really short. It should be intentional. It should be purposeful if you're a Christ follower. We don't live like the world. The world can just kind of wander their way through life with no purpose, no focus, no intent, uh, just make it all about themselves. But for those of us who are followers of Jesus, we've actually been called to a much higher standard, and we do have a purpose. And if you want to get down into the details of whether or not you're actually accomplishing God's purposes for your life, just show me how you're spending your time. Hmm. And it'll be really easy to see if that's actually happening. So I think this is one of the most important things that as Christ followers we can actually talk about. That's yeah. good. That's really good. So you had quite a few points. Uh, how about 10? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had 10 points about, you know, our time management. If um, someone says time management one more time, I'm going <laughs> to come across this table. We were talking about blessing with time. Blessing These with time. These were ways. I, I, well, okay. I put up a slide. <laughs> okay. It said 10 ways to move from experiencing stress to blessing in your life. They're suggestions. So, sure. So, okay. So ways that yes, we can manage. I The first being um, that we need to get better at planning. Yeah. Um, so – there's some people that are better at planning than others. So for those that, you know, lack the planning skills, 
what can we do to practically help that? What are some ways that we can do that better? Yeah, so let's let's talk about a greater principle at work there. I, I okay. really like the way you asked the question, and I'll give you a compliment after coming after you. So I like the way you asked the question. I'm going to get under the table. So sometimes it's easy to see something that another person does and assume they must be naturally wired that mm-hmm. way. I'm not naturally wired that way. Right. Therefore, I don't do that well, and they mm-hmm. do it well. When in reality... Most things that you observe in somebody else's life, they're good at it because they tried it, they practiced, Mm -hmm. they failed, (laughs) they messed up, they kept going, they tweaked. It was a learned skill. Mm -hmm. So I I try to approach life from the perspective that most things can be learned. These are skills that can be learned. And so if you're naturally wired to be a good planner— that, that's cool, but you're probably in the minority. Mm-hmm. You know, most people, that's a skill they're going to have to learn. Right. I'm not naturally wired to be a planner. <clears throat> Neither am I. At all. Um, it's something I've had to learn how to do. I've, mm-hmm. I've had to acquire that skill, and I'm I'm actually pretty good at it now. I think yeah. some people would probably look at me and go, you're not naturally a planner because <laughs> most of my life is super right. planned. Well, the biggest reason most of my life is super planned is to alleviate stress. Hmm. Yep. Because here's what I know about life. I can't control it and neither can you. <laughs> you know, we make our plans, but the Lord directs our steps. Yeah. So I can have everything planned and then life will just laugh at my plans. Right. <laughs> okay. And being a pastor, what I know is that we're supposed to be available to serve, love, and shepherd people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that doesn't go according to plan. Sometimes right. crisis yeah. happens at the least convenient time. So if I can't plan, Plan the things that are predictable, I'll never make myself available when people really need me. Right. Okay. Yeah. And that principle holds true regardless of what you do. You don't have to be mm-hmm. a pastor, but if you're a parent, if you're a spouse, okay, if you're someone that someone else relies on on a team, maybe at work or at school, if you can't plan the things that are predictable in your life, you'll never be available to the people you care about when they need you most. Yeah. And so there's a heart motivation to this as well. But yeah. if you don't think you're good at planning, that's okay. <laughs> it is something you can improve upon. Yeah. yeah. And I, and, and I think a good place to start is, you know, try to start just planning every day. Mm-hmm. Just try to plan every day, you know, get get up a little earlier, look at your day, plan it out and see how it goes. Yeah. And if you get comfortable with that, maybe you plan two days mm-hmm. and then you just take little baby steps and eventually maybe you can plan out a week. You right. know? Yeah. For years, when we lived in New York, Morgan and I had a weekly planning meeting. Mm-hmm. It sounds so romantic. <laughs> so it was on Monday nights, and we would, you know, after we ate dinner, and we put uh, Sam. Sam would have been a baby at the time. We'd put Sam to bed, and we would sit down for an hour mm-hmm. because, you know, she's flying to Atlanta with Sam to see her parents. So I've got to go on this trip to this conference. I, or I've got. To, she's got this going on at work. I got. We just had to get better mm-hmm. at planning out our life because we kept forgetting to tell people stuff. So yeah. sometimes it, 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 a family planning meeting, mm-hmm. you got kids doing stuff. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> Everybody's got a bunch. So if right. you can try to plan as much as possible, yeah, um, it, it will help alleviate stress. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and folks are busier than ever these days. It right. seems like. So I, I think that's really good advice to sit yeah. down and have that planning. I mean, that's a good practical tip. So I was having the conversation with someone the other day about how sometimes it can be really difficult for me to kind of, you know, disconnect from work and not feel the stress because I love what I do. Right. I feel like it's important work. Right. And I know that so many folks that are listening to this feel that exact same way. I mean, what, you know, doctors, nurses, first responders, uh, business owners, teachers. I mean, even think like during the lockdown, we learned how important like grocery store workers were and folks that uh, drove trucks and all these kinds of mm-hmm. things. So all of our jobs are important. We all have things that we feel are important. We enjoy our jobs. So my question is this, how can we disconnect and not feel stress when we feel like our work is so important? How can we disconnect from that? Yeah. Um, I like the way you frame that. So many times we, we think that disconnecting from work is only something we should do if you don't like the work you're doing. Right. Um, so I totally resonate with what you're talking about there because I, I love what I do. I mean, I, I love getting to be a pastor. I love working in a church. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. So I think the question you have to ask yourself, and there is a seasonal <clears throat> component to this. So let's just kind of okay. say that straight up. The season of life you're in is going to really dictate a lot how this looks in mm-hmm. reality. Okay. But but the question you have to ask yourself, and, and I'll throw myself into this category as someone who loves what I do, okay, is... Are you going to do that at the expense of now fill in the blank? I mean, I could go home every day and keep working mm-hmm. and, and actually enjoy it. 
not not feel stressed, not be bothered, not think I can't believe on Forest Church make me do all this work. No, <laughs> like not I, I could get back to people in our church much more quickly. Right. I, I could be a better pastor. I could I could please a lot more people. They go, wow, our pastor, when we text or email mm-hmm. or call him, it's like he's back. It's almost like he was waiting to hear from us. And <laughs> man, he's amazing. And, yeah, and I would get a lot might. of praise for that. <laughs> right. And 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 do all of that. And I love it. And this is what God's called me to. And there's yeah. purpose and hey, you know, only one life to live, all the things. And all the while, my wife and boys would rot on the vine. Mm. And they would wonder, why does dad love what he does more than us? Mm. So it's not a question of whether or not you enjoy what you're doing. It's a question of whether or not you're putting that ahead of what actually matters most. And that's the people in your life. So the reason why I disconnect from work isn't because I don't love the work. It's because Morgan only has one husband. His name's Adam. My boys only have one dad. His name's Adam as well, which is good. Um, Vaughn Forest Church could get another pastor. Your employer could find somebody else. Um, Now, I love getting to be the pastor here, and I'm grateful that I I can be the pastor here, and I don't feel the pressure to feel like I have to be the pastor at the expense of my family or or be at the family at the expense of the church. Vaughn Forest is really kind and gracious uh, with me when it comes to those things. But the, the greater principle at work here is... Anytime you're choosing to do one thing with your time, you're saying no to other things with your time. Right. So you can only spend time once. Mm. So if you're spending that time at home on work, when you need to be spending that time at home with the people you're at home with, over time, you're going to create a wedge between yourself and the people that matters the most to you. Mm. So now, look, I mean, one day when Morgan and I are empty nesters. Uh, there will be more availability in our schedule for me to do things for the church in the evenings. Right. Mm-hmm. There just will be. Yeah. Um, I'm just not in that season of life right now. But, you know, <clears throat> when we don't have kids at home, I'll do a lot more stuff church-related on weeknights. Right. Um, because that'll be the season of life I'm in. And sometimes a church has a pastor that's been in that season of life, and then the mm-hmm. next pastor comes in, and it's yeah. not in the season of life, and, and the church has a hard time adjusting to that, right? <clears throat> right. It's yeah, like yeah. our last pastor used to have people over his house every Thursday night. <laughs> it's like, well, the new pastor's on the football field on Thursday nights. And right. so there's a little bit of a you know give and take yeah. with that. But yeah, try to look at it not, I love what I do. I want to keep doing it. It's great. I get it. I'm, I'm with you. But like, what are you, at what expense yeah. is what yeah. I would say. And I really like what you said there about knowing the wisdom of what season that you're in yeah. in your life. You know, and sometimes I think that can call for a little self-examination, taking a look mm-hmm. at it, taking inventory, and then based on that, kind of helping decide how to spend you know, that time. Yeah, and ask your spouse you know, what their preference yep. is. Mm-hmm. I mean, when our boys were little, uh, like Sam and Jacob, you know, Morgan, I mean, she kind of freed me up because she just said, honestly, if you're not around in the mornings, like, don't take this the wrong way, but nobody notices. <laughs> <Right>. you know, <laughs> like, it, it, it's kind of fine. Sure. But if you're not here... Come bath time and bedtime, right. like it, it, it's, it's kind of hard, yeah. you know, as a, having a two year old and a newborn. That's when you're super helpful. And yeah. that was great right. feedback because if I had extra work to do, I would do it early, mm-hmm. not late. If yeah. I had a meeting, I did a lot of 6 a.m. meetings in that season of my life. Mm-hmm. And the people in the meetings weren't happy with me at all. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, okay, we'll, we'll figure it out. That's so, yeah, good. ask for some feedback from your spouse and stuff like that. That's good. Dude, that's, that's really good advice. Um, so let's talk about the quadrants um, that you had on Sunday morning. So what do they represent, and how do we use that tool to help us avoid stress in our life? Just try to, just try to as much as possible, move things into a space in your life where you're proactively choosing to do them and, and, and the important things okay. rather than the urgent things. So everybody has to pay bills. Don't wait till the day the bills do to pay the bill (laughs) because inevitably that's when somebody will throw up in your car or, you Uh, know, the boss will keep you late at work or, you know, so if you know something has to happen, just do it sooner than it has to happen. Yeah. You know, don't live everything in such an urgent manner because that's actually what creates stress in our lives is when we Mm -hmm. find out something has to be done and we don't have enough time to do it. Yeah. If you find out something has to be done, even if it's a really big thing, you've got time to do it. Yeah. It may not be a lot of fun, but you can still get it accomplished. And yeah. so just don't put things off. You know, go ahead and get it done. You yeah. know, instead of waiting until the last minute, you're just inviting unnecessary stress into your life. Yeah. It kind of goes back to the principle of creating margin that you were yeah, talking yeah. about. Uh, and the, the, the things, the quadrants, I guess, are represented as tasks, right? Well, they're kind of categories <clears throat> that as much as possible, you know, um, and, and y'all know working here, I mean, it's, it's it's pretty common language around here. I'll just yeah. say things like, well, we're, we're operating in a, in a really urgent mm-hmm. quadrant with that. Like, right. how can yeah, we do yeah, that, yeah, you right. know, sooner? So, like, let's just take this podcast, for example. So 
when we're done recording this podcast, like I have no idea what happens from that point forward. <laughs> I really don't. All I know is on Tuesday mornings, like it's available. Right. Okay? right. So that's kind of our rhythm. We try to get this out on Tuesday mornings. Well, we record this early on Monday afternoons. Mm-hmm. If we recorded it at four o'clock on Monday afternoons, we would now be creating more stress. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, Jonathan and Matt and Chad, I'm sure all of y'all do stuff with this, especially Jonathan, like they probably, you know, want to leave the office by five o'clock and get home. Right. Right. But if we were recording this at four and at five, I walked out the door and went, see Bye. you guys. Y'all would be like, well, convenient for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've now created stress in your life. Right. Okay. Yeah. So let's just do it earlier in the day. So yeah. it could yeah. be something as simple as yeah, that, yeah, you yeah. Know, doing something a little earlier earlier, doing something a week ahead of time, <clears throat> and as much as possible, how many things about your life can you move into that category, mm, yeah. you know, yeah. where yep. it's not being done at the last minute? Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Now, that kind of leads me to my next question. Some people say they're better under pressure. You know, I operate best when I'm backed <laughs> into a corner. What would you say to those people? I'm wired that way, too. Oh, really? Absolutely. Okay. So, um, and that was my reasoning for a very long time for not operating this way. Hmm. And what happened is it got to a point where the stress was too much. (laughs) So um, I've lived out a lot of this. So, you know, I think I said this, I don't remember when I said this. So uh, I said this at some point, like oftentimes we don't change when we see the light, we change when we feel the heat. Mm. A lot of times you don't change anything in your life till you absolutely have to. We're so stubborn and we love the way we do things. And then eventually life's feedback begins to tell you, you got to change some things. So the stress just became too much and balls started getting dropped and I wasn't getting things done. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was affecting my performance at work. And, you know, at some point, and this would have probably been about 15 years ago, like I realized like you you can't operate this way anymore. So, um, again, I've been the beneficiary of some incredible mentors and bosses and coaches who have helped me with these things. And, um, I said that to one of my mentors, who's still a mentor in my life to this day. Um, at the time, he also happened to conveniently be my boss. <laughs> but um, I said to him that, like, I really do work better under pressure. And he said, I get it. He said, but here's what you haven't, here's what you failed to realize. Like, you can actually create your own system that would force that pressure out of you. Hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, okay, well, give your self-imposed deadlines. If you're telling yeah. me you work best when you yep. have a deadline – then just create deadlines that you force upon yourself. Sure. And then don't cheat those deadlines. Right. So that principle is what I do like with my sermon writing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, working under pressure for me is here's the deadline. The sermon has to be written and, and there is no wavering on that. Right. Now I can't ever let in my head, well, it's still four days to go to have to preach this thing. No, I can't think that way. Right. right, So, so what I'm doing is I'm still operating that way where I'm like, okay, I got to get this done. I get this done. Like it kind of gets the, the, the the juices flowing. My brain's focused. Right. But it's just four days ahead of time Mm -hmm. instead of the day before. Okay. Right. So if you're wired that way and you actually, kind of like, and I get it. I mean, I totally get it. But but you can actually then choose to impose upon yourself deadlines. Right. What I was doing is letting the organization or letting the church or letting, if I was getting a degree and a degree program, letting the professor give me the deadline. Right. Mm-hmm. And what he said is, no, 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 create your own deadlines and then create your deadlines in a way mm-hmm. where you've allowed margin. Yeah. And, and, right. and I was like, it was a great <clears throat> lesson. And it's one that I've put into practice now for a long time, and it has greatly benefited me. Yeah. But I understand the question because yeah. I'm kind of wired yeah. that way too. I think also when you wait to the last minute on things, you really limit your options on sometimes what you can do. You know, right. I'll, I'll use the example of like if you wait till October 30th to get a Halloween costume, like there's only one you or two left. Do it. Yeah, you can still do it. <laughs> Might not be what you want. That's exactly right. And so I've seen, I know lots of times, you know, whether it's with work or with family, like I've waited to the very last second, and then my options are very limited with what I can actually do rather than it being the best thing that it could actually same be. thing with christmas shopping yeah yeah, 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 yeah exactly, so exactly apply that way of thinking to other areas of yeah, your life yeah. I, like that. I, I like the halloween you should do it this year and see what you wind up with <laughs> please no a little too old to trick or treat man yeah yeah uh, yeah you did are, i tell right. y'all about my halloween costume last year that got vetoed in my by my family no but no. i would very much like oh, this, story, this story's never gone public so uh <laughs> here we exclusive, go exclusive all right so we, we're gonna exclusive go we're gonna go trick-or-treating last year and um you know we we've we've kind of Honestly, we've done pretty well, if I can just take a minute. Okay. So Sam and Jacob, a couple years ago, went as Lloyd and Harry from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> like, I found the tuxedos online, the, the orange, orange and blue, yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the top hat, yeah. they pulled, ordered them, and they wore them, and we're living in the waters at the time, and it was it was 
fantastic. <laughs> so the whole night we're walking around, like all the kids are like, "Who are you for Halloween?" And all their parents are like, "That's amazing!" So <laughs> all the candy. They were getting, parents were getting their pictures made with Sam and Jacob. It was, was fantastic. Awesome. It was so great. So we've kind of set some standards because we, you know, we've moved out of the waters sure. now, but we still have lots of friends in there, and that's where we still go trick or treating. Sure, and it's just glorious. It's yeah, amazing, yeah, yeah. right? So, so I feel like you know we kind of have to have some fun with this, and we meet up with some friends. So. Um, I thought it would be awesome because Sam and Jacob, we kind of at the last minute had decided, like, let's kind of retrofit some costumes y'all wore when you were really little. Okay. And they got into it because we we made them look kind of updated and fun. Mm-hmm. And basically, it was like a hot dog and a pizza slice. Okay. And so <laughs> the way I sold them on this idea, I was like, no, no, it'd be great because there's this old Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live sketch where Chris Farley is Lunch oh. Lady. Lunch Lady Land. <laughs> yeah, I was like, we'll go around singing Lunch Lady Land and I'll be the Lunch Lady and y'all can be the pizza. And the-. So I pulled it up on YouTube and we watched it and they thought it was just the greatest thing ever. So Henry was going to be Adam Sandler with the guitar yeah. and we had the pizza and the hot dog and I was going to be the lunch, the lunch lady. lady yeah. So I went to some store here in Montgomery. I don't even know what it was. And like I bought like a women's dress and like a wig and like all this stuff. And the, the poor sweet gal who was checking me out at the cash register, she's just like trying to look straight ahead and not like, like, eye, eye like it's fine. I'm a pastor. With this eye contact. <laughs> what church is that? That's right. Just make up a name. So uh, Taylor Road. I'm um, so yeah. It's, uh, What's up, Daniel? So, so Daniel, I went to Sorry, Daniel. So I thought this is oh, this is awesome. So I come home and like, dude, I, I nailed it. I yeah. looked just like lunch lady. Now, there's no photos. There's no proof of this. Oh. I came down. I came around the corner because our bedroom's on the first floor. So I came around the corner. My whole family's in the living room, and I'm thinking they're all going to like slowly rise and applaud. Right, right, and right. They all instantaneously went no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, they would not let me out of the house. Dude. Morgan's like, Adam, there's no way on earth. I'm like, Morgan, you're just being, don't worry about it. And Sam and Jacob are like, Dad, we don't know how to tell you this. You can't wear that. <laughs> so it got vetoed. What? So, yeah, oh, man. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I did not plan wow. on sharing that story today. But, uh, so, yeah, your so, point is well taken. Look what you did, Chad. Yeah. Now, I assume you guys are going to step it up again this year. So yeah, you, yeah, and it no. won't be that. Okay. I think oh. that has forever been vetoed. Fair but enough. Um, oh. it would have been, been awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it I been. think it would have gotten really good reviews in the I waters. Love it. I love it. Oh man, yeah. Um, <laughs> what were we talking about? Switching gears, yeah. shifting gears back. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm um, wasting everybody's time with my stupid stories. Sorry. No, it's great. Um, so you talked about prioritizing properly each day. Yes. Um, you've used a phrase before: uh, "Eat the frog." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eat the we frog talked about first. That. Yeah. yeah. Eating the frog. Um, can you explain that phrase, and then uh, how can we apply that to prioritizing each day? Yeah, I don't know who created that phrase. Brian Tracy is the first person I ever heard say it. Brian Tracy, yeah. he's not a Christ follower as far as I know. He's written a bunch of books and stuff. But <clears throat> it's, it, it is a time management principle, Matthew. There you go. <laughs> so you use your phrase. I didn't say it. <laughs> that if for whatever reason, and again, whoever made this up, like they have issues. They should go get them checked out, right? <laughs> that if someone told you, hey, you have to eat a live frog today for whatever reason, yeah. <laughs> that you should do that first. Because if you didn't, throughout the entire day, all you'd be thinking about is, I got to eat that live frog right, at some right, point right. today. Yeah. So the principle there is if you have something that you don't want to do, do mm-hmm. that first. Right. If yeah. you're in a meeting and you know, like, hey, there's something we have to address that didn't go well on Sunday, mm-hmm. we can say, hey, let's go ahead and eat the frog first. Right. Yeah. You know, what yeah. happened with that? And we talk <laughs> right. about it. And we th- instead of, like, we do a meeting for 55 minutes, and then and the last yeah. five minutes, I'm like, oh, by the way, let's talk about this problem and then everybody leaves the meeting with kind of a downer yeah, because right. it's like we did something wrong so you know eat the frog first if you've yeah. got something you don't want to do you go ahead and get it done yeah, yeah if you got to go to the dmv go stand outside the door <laughs> before they open Rope drop the be DMV. one of the first yeah. people to get the little ticket yeah. and wave your ticket in the air like you just don't care when they right. call you up there and then find out you didn't bring one of the 17 documents you need but like you weren't wearing yeah. blue shoes was, was that the voice of experience yeah. i just heard oh yeah, my yeah. gosh anyway, sorry i could tell so many stories but here's the biggest takeaway from dmvs and i've you know, visit them in multiple states. Sure. God bless the people who work there. Right? You know, because <laughs> they, they, they have to put up with a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we, we give them a bad rap, but most of the time, the people there are super kind and gracious. Yeah. It's just the nature of the process. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. much fun. Yeah. But yeah. If you got something you don't want to do, do it first. Yeah. yeah. You know, whether it's homework or something at work or a tough conversation, just go mm-hmm. ahead and get it out of the way. Yeah. Because yeah, you're yeah. going to sit there and dread it the entire time. That's, Think about it yeah. all day. Yeah. Recently, we had to take Ava <clears throat> to get a shot. We didn't tell her she was getting a shot. And then we just had him do it right off the bat. And she's like, why didn't y'all tell me? I was like, did you really want to have to worry about it for a week? And she was right. like, 
Good call, Dad. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. that's kind of the same wow. principle, you yeah. know, no yeah. applies there. So, uh, one of the things you talked about was not being lazy. And, uh, sluggard. I, yeah, that's right. <laughs> sluggard. sluggard. Go to the ant, you sluggard. That's the Bible says. That's right. Uh, was that Proverbs? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, my question for you is you know, we, we talk about disconnecting, we talk about rest, we talk about all these things. How can we know the difference between when we're being lazy versus being restful? Um, well, it's a, that's an easy question for me to answer, okay. but I only know the way I live my life. Sure. <laughs> so my life is super structured, so, and, and what's structured in my life is rest. Hmm. So if it's not time that I've structured for rest, there's something I need to be getting done. So if I'm not being productive in time that I have allotted to be productive, I'm being lazy. Hmm. It's, hmm. That one's not real hard for me. Okay. So um, my life is, th- there's not an unaccounted hour for my day. So um, that's how structured my life wow. is. But what's in that structure are are times for rest. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Sure. So if, if I've, you know, for example, yesterday afternoon, you know, Sunday afternoons are not exactly a super productive time for me, but um, I still try to get something done. Right. You know, so um, sometimes we have stuff at the church. You know, Sunday is a work day for me. It's, it's not just a day to preach and go home and be lazy. Right. I try to be productive. Right. So, um, you know, I was like, all right, what do I need to do to be productive during this time? Mm-hmm. And there was something that needed to be done around the house, and so I got it done, you know? Okay. So I would just say if you've got time that's allotted to do something, then spend that time doing something. And if you have time that's been allotted to rest, then give yourself permission to rest. Right. There's always things that still need to be done. And so you have to be just as intentional about going, no, I'm just going to have to, I'm going to leave it alone. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to mess with that today. It'll still be there for me tomorrow. Yeah. I've, I have set aside this time for rest. Yeah. And that and can that, be difficult to do, right? It to, can be. To, and yeah. I would go so far as to say that unless you're intentional about it, it won't happen. Mm, that's good. Because life will always give you something that needs to be done. Always. There's always right. something that's saying, I'm urgent. Do me, I'm urgent. This mm-hmm. needs to be done. Yeah. Well, if you're intentional, and for me that day is Fridays, um, about rest, and mm-hmm. then give yourself freedom with what is actually restful for you. So what might be work for somebody else might be restful for you. So like, for example, mm-hmm. I worked all day Friday outside. I mean, I like labor intense yeah. work mm-hmm. around my property, and it's incredibly restful for me. Right. So if you're in a, a, a um, career or a job that engages your mind, when you're resting, it's really good to engage your hands or your body. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in work that engages your body, you know, construction or you're outside, or when you're resting, it's probably good to engage your mind. Yeah, kick back and read a novel or watch a good movie. Mm-hmm. But for me, my mind is engaged with all of the different responsibilities I have with all the stuff that I do. So when I'm resting, I'm typically doing something that's going to engage, you know, me physically. Right. You know, and that actually... There's an all kind of studies on this with what mm-hmm. it does in your brain and the chemicals and all that. So mm-hmm. that's actually super restful for me. That's and good. so you just have to know how you're wired. And, you know, in past seasons when I didn't live on six acres of property, those would be the days we'd go hiking. Yeah. Right. Or those would be the days I'd go skiing. Or right. those would be the you – know, so staying active physically mm-hmm. I got you. while resting is – and somebody else may go, well, that didn't sound restful at all. Right. Like, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like yeah. work. Well, that's because maybe they're wired differently. Right. So right. give yourself permission with what's actually restful for you. Hmm. Yeah. I mean – this is a topic that I'm pretty interested in is like the natural rhythms of people. Hmm. Um, and, you know, you talked about this kind of leads into the next uh, question I have. You talked about being a morning person. Um, so why should we maximize our time in the morning? And what would you say to somebody who says, you know, I'm just a night owl. I get more stuff done at night. Yeah, I get it. I mean, yeah, that, that is my natural wiring. Mm-hmm. Um, and that wiring worked well till I was almost 30. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, first 30 years of my life, I would not have even engaged this topic. I would have just <laughs> yeah. said, well, I'm a night owl. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, that that's just how I get things done. Yeah. And, you know, that's how God wired me, and that's how I'm productive. Yeah. And then um, it was – it's so funny. Like, we moved to the city that never sleeps, New York City, <laughs> and that's when I realized yeah. I needed to become a morning person. <laughs> yeah. So um, the, the biggest – just practical implication is that for most of <clears throat> most of us are going to live our lives in some type of rhythm where things are going to be asked of us in the morning. Yeah. I mean, very few of us are going to become, you know, uh, famous singing in a band, traveling on a tour bus, playing concerts right. and sleeping in a bus till 2 p.m. and then going to do another concert. Yeah. You know? Very few of us are going to be major league baseball players right. that, mm-hmm. you know, we play till after midnight and then we get to the... I mean, it's, so there's a very niched group of society that yeah. like they probably work more at night and they sleep in in the mornings. Mm-hmm. For the most of us, 
you know, you're going to be in some type of rhythm of life, whether it's a career, whether it's a job, or whether it's raising kids who have yeah. to go to school in the morning. Right. Where more is going to be asked of you in the morning. Sure. And so at some point, I think part of just growing up is just start to cooperate with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that's what happened with me. It was the demands that were being put on me at work and the time I was having to get there mm-hmm. and just the nature of needing. I just needed to change that rhythm. And it took about three months for my body to adjust. Yeah. And once my body adjusted, like it, it has never gone back, yeah. you know? So now I wake up early naturally and <clears throat> I engage things in the morning very naturally. Yeah. And at night, my brain kind of just starts to shut down. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think it's something that can be changed uh, regardless of what your natural wiring is. And I'm suggesting that if you're going to make a change, make the change to the morning mm-hmm. because you'll actually get more done, which will alleviate stress in your life. Yeah. Don't. I'm a morning person. I'm going to become a night owl. That's probably not going to help no. you at all. Right. So you can get a lot more done in the mornings. Yeah. And I would add to that too. Like you, you kind of shifted to the morning. So like, cre- like creative thinking uh, happens primarily when you're more relaxed. And so you shifting earlier kind of put you in a mindset to be a little bit more creative, maybe earlier. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, like the way we're wired, like task oriented in the morning, getting tasks done, right. things done. So like you making that shift kind of push that, you know, a little bit earlier. There's yeah. tons of research ab- about that, and it's really interesting. I've, I've definitely seen that play out in my yeah. life. So it would match that. And, yeah. and would you say that that you know the same principle applies? So like Christy used to work night shift at the hospital. Is it is it the same principle applies to kind of just the first part of your day, whenever that may be? That that you're you know you're the most rested. Like that's mm-hmm. when you need to be doing that. So you know, is it morning or is it just kind of the first part of your day? Or yes, is the it's answer the first hour? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I read one time the first hour of your day is like a rudder on a ship. Okay. Yeah. It literally yeah. sets the course for the rest of the day. That's good. And mm-hmm. so I think, yeah, if the fir- whatever you do for those first few hours every right. single day is going to mm-hmm. really set the trajectory right. for the rest of the day. And yeah. obviously for the majority of us, that is the morning time. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I good. think what we typically do is go, well, what's the latest I can sleep and right. still get everything done? <laughs> right. right. And what I'm <laughs> suggesting is, no, 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 don't think that way. Uh. Like, get up well before that. Yeah. You know, so if you don't have to be up till six, start getting up at four. Mm-hmm. Someone says, I could never do that. Yes, you yeah, could. Yeah. You, you could train your body to do it. Yep. So uh, th- that's all I'm trying to say is like just maximize time. Go to bed a little earlier. Get up a little earlier. Mm-hmm. You'd be shocked how much you could get done yeah. just in two hours time before everybody else in your house wakes up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or t- the time you could get stuff done before you technically have to be awake. That, yeah, that's yeah. all I'm suggesting. Yeah, yeah. That's good. So I-, I loved what you said about fighting perfectionism. And, um, you know, one of the things we've discussed on this podcast is about how, you know, contentment is something that is incredibly underrated in, in today's society. But I think there's so many folks that always feel the drive to make things perfect or make more money or get that next degree or just keep going. You know, the, the mountaintop is never enough. We got to keep climbing the mountain. And so I guess my question for you is for that person, you know, whatever it is that's driving them, how can they find, you know, contentment? Is that drive a, a bad thing? No. As someone who is, is, is wired that way, sure. um, I am super ambitious. I'm super driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a long time, didn't know what to do with that in ministry. That doesn't fit the profile of a typical pastor. Hmm. And I really wrestled with that for a long time until, again, some good mentors, good coaches, good men of God had to remind me, well, God doesn't make mistakes. So uh, when he created you, he created you to be you. And if that's how he wired you, then that's how you need to live. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for those of us who are ambition and driven and motivated, there's a shadow side to that, that we've got to be really careful Mm -hmm. about. And um, I've had to uh, be mindful of that over the years. And I've probably had a few missteps along the way where maybe I got a little too ambitious. Okay. So I get the question because it is how I'm wired. So if you're wired that way, I think the thing you have to be super intentional about is building in the discipline of contentment and gratitude, contentment and gratitude. Mm -hmm. They will not naturally come to you. Mm -hmm. Right. What naturally comes to you is ambition. Mm -hmm. And God needs more ambitious people in the world who are being ambitious for good purposes. Right. But what you have to uh, make sure you're also doing every single day is verbally, and I do this in my prayer life verbally talking to God Mm -hmm. about the things you're grateful for, verbally telling God out loud, I am content Mm -hmm. in this season. Chad, I have big dreams for where Vaughn Forest Church can go and what Vaughn Forest Church could be in the future. But I am super content with who Vaughn Forest Church is right now in this moment. Mm -hmm. And that's a heart issue that I only know whether or not I'm lying. That's between me and the (laughs) Lord, okay? So like between me and the Lord right now, like I'm super content. Like, I love the people in this church. I love everything about our church. 
Um, but I'm not satisfied. I think God has more. I think God wants us to see see our church accomplish more kingdom purposes sure. in the future for the name of Jesus, not for the name of On Force Church. Right. But build in the discipline of gratitude. Build in the discipline of contentment. And at all times in your prayer life, you know, be doing that while also continuing to dream. <clears throat> dream big. You know, yeah. go for yeah. it. Be ambitious. But uh, you've got to couple that with some contentment and some gratitude or you, you will be stressed. You will be discontent. Yeah. Right. You will deal with anxiety, and you'll you'll be unhappy. And and God doesn't want you to live that way yeah. at all. So yeah. yeah, you you can be ambitious, but you got to work on the contentment and gratitude piece. Yeah, building in time to celebrate some things that are going celebrate. On. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we yeah. talk about that. The discipline yeah. of celebration. Yes. Instead of just moving on to the next yeah. thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, because I I have to do that because I'm I'm like that very task oriented. Yeah. Yeah. Um, same. So um, one of your points was that we should stop uh, doing some things. Um, so how do we know what we're supposed to stop and what we're supposed to keep doing? Is it is it taking you an inordinate amount of time? Mm. Is it taking you a—it's just not a reasonable amount of time. Okay. You know, um, so, you know, I've had to learn how to uh, really get better at building things. You know, it's like Morgan bought yeah. this— I don't even know what it's called. I honestly don't know what it's called. It's a little piece of furniture that has doors, and you open them, and you stick stuff in it. I guess it's like a shelf. or uh, a, 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 it's, at the end of the, it's at the end of the hallway. I don't know. I think mm-hmm. we're going to put a lamp on it. So she bought this. She and bought, you had to build this. She bought it at Costco. And it came in a box, and I got to put it together. And you had to okay. buy 20 of them because it was at Costco. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, exactly. Now this one actually had all the pieces. Okay, so, um, you know, there was a time in my life, if I can just be honest, that – it would have been better to have called one of you or somebody else in our church and just say, hey, man, can you come over here and put this together for me and I'll, I'll grill you a hamburger <laughs> when you're done. Because the time it would have taken, uh-huh. it, it, it was just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Well, I've worked at it now and I've gotten a lot better and I put that thing together yesterday in no time at all. Right. Okay? That's all I'm saying. Are there some things like someone's like, I'm going to save money and paint my house. But if you fall off the ladder and break your neck, have you really <laughs> saved anything? So, you know, it's like there's some things. Go ahead and spend the money and save right. yourself the time. Right. Yeah, okay? yeah. Um, you know, I need to go out on a date with my wife, but, you know, it's cost too much money for a babysitter. No, no, that's not an expense. That's right. an investment. Yes. You know? So um, someone says, you know, it just takes me, you know, every single Friday, it takes me all day to clean my house. Mm-hmm. Well, could you stop going to Starbucks and save that money and maybe pay a cleaner to come in and do it at about 75% of how you think it should be done? I could never do that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Keep doing it. <laughs> you Keep know? going to and Starbucks, And losing man. every Friday of your life. <laughs> right. you know? yeah, so right. That's all I'm saying. Like, are there some things you're doing yeah. that perhaps you could do a little differently? So right. I'll tell you the big thing on my list right now is mowing my grass. Mm-hmm. So I love mowing my grass. It's awesome. I have this gigantic zero-turn mower that's really fun to drive. And what I'm realizing is we're about to get into a season of my life where I'm going to now have to hand that responsibility over to Sam. And Sam's old enough, and he yeah. can do it, and I could train him and teach him. But honestly, I don't really want to because I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I yeah, like yeah. mowing yeah, the grass. Yeah. But I was talking to Morgan about it the other day. I was like, you know, if Sam's out here mowing the grass, I could be doing all this other stuff while he's mowing the grass. So I'm going to stop mm-hmm. doing that, you know, mm-hmm. and Sam's going to start doing that. Probably in the spring, we get yeah. to next year. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Like, at all times, are there things that just take a lot of time? Could somebody else do that? Could mm-hmm. you pay somebody a little money to do that? And um, I just think it's helpful to constantly just be evaluating those things, right. which is one of the things you do on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. The Sabbath is God's way of saying six days in the wrong direction is enough. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so how how long are you going to keep right. going in the same direction? Well, if you don't ever pause, you'll, you'll just keep going in yeah. the same direction. So this is what I do on the Sabbath. I, right. I ask myself, did you spend your time wisely over the last six days? Mm-hmm. And then I look at my calendar for the next six days. And sometimes I'll go, why is that on my calendar? How? Right. Who put that right. on my calendar? <laughs> oh, you did 90 days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, we're not going to do that. That's no. not a wise use of my nope. time. So the Sabbath <laughs> is a good way to evaluate and plan and ask yourself if there are some things I need to do differently. Yeah, that's good. good. Well, for the record, if you ever need to scratch that itch to uh, mow grass come the spring, <laughs> you'll feel free to come to my house okay, and you yeah, can yeah. help me stop doing some things. Okay, so that, yeah. That would be, uh, I'll load wonderful. up the mower and come See, on it's, over. It's a win-win for all of us. So you stopped mowing our grass and started mowing chaps. 
only takes that, like 20 that's minutes. That's not what we were going <laughs> right, for. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, drive takes longer to do oh, it. Absolutely, yeah. especially you know, a zero turn or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I really liked your point uh, about social media, how social media is basically just a waste of time. And, you know, I've seen studies that talk about how when, when we're on social media, sometimes it activates the same parts of our brain that like addiction activates, alcohol oh, addiction, yeah. tobacco, yeah. those kinds of things. So uh, my question for you is, what do we do if we find ourselves addicted to social media? Like, how can we break that addiction? Um, well, I don't know, as, as, as honest <laughs> as I can be, right. because addiction is a really powerful thing. Yeah. And I would never want to act like I'm somebody who's giving instructions on how to break addictions sure. in your life. So if you're really addicted to something, you need to go see a professional therapist, a professional counselor. Right. And there are people out there, we can help get you connected with yeah. someone, because this is a real thing. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. a real thing, and what you're talking about with our brains is a very real thing. And so if that's the category you're in, nothing I'm about to say will help you. Okay. So mm-hmm. let's just make sure we're clear. Sure. Yeah. If it's just something that it's like, yeah, I'm wasting too much time with that. Yeah. Um, I've never really thought about it this way. But as you were asking the question, I felt like this answer kind of popped into my head. So we're going to say that was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, but boy, I'm hesitant to say it out loud because it's going to sound it's going to sound mean, and that is not my intent. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things you can do is be intentional about who you follow. Mm-hmm. So you you have some control with social media. So when you open yeah. up your phone, who are the who are the type of people that you follow when you're scrolling through your news feed? What are the mm. types of things that you're seeing? Right. So um, I have almost 5,000 friends on Facebook because I'm super popular <laughs> you know, because I've been on Facebook since 2004. Right. So I was one of the early adopters yeah. with Facebook. So over the years, in 18 years in, I'm almost at my limit, okay? Um, I unfollow a ton of people. I don't want to unfriend them. Because that would be rude. I mean, that's the equivalent of being a jerk. In, right. in our, uh, but, but sometimes the things that they're talking about or the things they're saying, it's, it's negativity. Right. Mm-hmm. It's <clears throat> gossip. It's um, false comparison. It's um, extreme political views. It's, sure. yeah. it's not life-giving. It's not right. soul-nurturing. Right. Um, and I just unfollow them. Yeah. I just hit that little thing, and it gives me the option, and I can unfollow them. And, and, and I don't need to know anything about their life. All it's going to do is put me in a bad mood. <laughs> All it's going to do is get me frustrated. Right. So when I and, and then on Twitter, like I, I follow a lot of people I can learn from. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of thought leaders, mm-hmm. a lot of professors, a lot of pastors. Not all pastors, but you know some pastors, some different news organizations. I like to try to read from a variety of perspectives. But if I'm scrolling through Twitter and I see somebody's like that, it's, it's gone. You right. Know? Right. Same thing with Instagram. So I think a, a good place to start is who are you choosing to let feed your soul and your mind? That's yeah. your choice. Hmm. You don't have to follow a bunch of celebrities. You don't mm-hmm. have to follow a bunch of people that you used to know from high school. So just be super intentional about yeah. who you choose to let feed your mind and your soul through social yeah. media. Well, and just as a side note, if you're ever typing out a response or a Facebook post or anything like that, and you have to stop and wonder if you should post put it. Put it to a draft. You shouldn't post it. I'm just going to go ahead and throw that yeah, one out there. Put That's it to, for put free. Put it to a draft and then come back to it and go, is this worth it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the answer's no. The answer's no. Probably no. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let, let's talk about the tips you gave for creating margin. Uh, you said uh, divert daily, withdraw weekly, and abandon annually. Um, so what does that look like practically in our day-to-day life or annually or weekly? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, just impose it on yourself. Yeah. Um, given what you do, like uh-huh. what's realistic. And look, we've got surgeons, we've got doctors, we've got specialists, we've got people yeah. who do mm-hmm. unbelievable things. So this is going to look different for everyone, okay? Yeah, sure. So in your rhythm, you know, when is it that you can kind of say, all right, that's when we shut it down? You know, that's when I intentionally have a diversion. Mm -hmm. That's when I'm no longer going to let things that create stress in my life, you know, dictate my life. You know, so be proactive about that. And then you might be in a season sometimes where that's just not happening to the extent that you would prefer. You're like, I wish I could divert for three hours a day, but I only get 30 (laughs) minutes a day, okay? Yeah, Yeah, we all live in those seasons, okay? So uh, the biggest one in that list, I think, is the withdrawal weekly, the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. By definition, a Sabbath is a set 24-hour period of time where you don't do anything associated with your primary occupation. Right. Okay, so um, you just intentionally choose, I'm going to make this day my Sabbath, okay? 
Now, if you're a doctor, maybe you're on call. Uh, the Pharisees talked to Jesus and, about the Sabbath, and Jesus was like, well, mm-hmm. look, if a sheep gets out of the sheep pen, you're going to go get the sheep. Like, if right. I'm on my Sabbath and there's an emergency at the church, like, I'm going to yeah. have to address the emergency. Yeah. So we're not legalist about this, but through intent, you have that day. Now, biblically speaking, and this is where our society gets this wrong, the Sabbath is not a day um, that you just like fall on the couch after <clears throat> exhaustion from overdoing it the previous six. Right. Yeah. Biblically speaking, the Sabbath is a day of rest and preparation for the next six. Yeah. So that that shift helps. Okay. But here's the biggest thing it does. And if you've never tried this, I would challenge you to try to put this into practice over the course of the next 90 days and then get back with me and see if you find this to be true mm-hmm. for you. It forces you to manage the other six days of your week a lot better. There are no loose ends because you know, like, I've got this day that I'm not going to do these things, so that's why I'm getting up earlier, or Mm -hmm. that's why I'm staying up a little later, or that's why I'm not, you know, goofing off at work, or that's why I'm eating a quick lunch at my desk and getting right, because I've got this Sabbath that I'm committed to keeping. And then, yeah, if possible, if there's a way to abandon annually— you know, not everybody can go on vacations, and, sure. and, and we're sensitive to that. But um, maybe you save up, you know, and try to just get away for something. We we don't go on vacations because I don't want to be at Vaughn Forest. Right. Like, we don't go on vacations because I'm tired of preaching and I don't want to preach this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like, we go on vacations to get quality time as a family and to build memories yeah. with our boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want my boys to take their families on vacations. So mm-hmm. I got to model the way. So that's why we do vacations. Most of the time we get back from a vacation, I'm more exhausted than I was before we left. <laughs> right, right, right. So, you know, the vacations aren't always a, pl- a place. Uh, if you've uh, ever been to Disney, you yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're not vacations. They're just trips. That's right. Yeah. But, um, but there's intent and there's focus yeah. behind that. And yeah. so we try to be intentional about that with our kids. Um, so, again, one day we, we have stories to tell and memories to share and um, if we don't build those memories now, we're not going to have any stories right. to share. Right. And, and I want, again, I want them to do that with their families. And um, I can tell you, like, one of the things we did on Friday, so if you want to get practical, mm-hmm. uh, Friday's um, my Sabbath. It's super convenient since Morgan works here at the church. It's also her Sabbath. And so we have one day a week mm-hmm. to ourselves. It's glorious. It's amazing. And we spent most of that day talking about spring break in March. Mm-hmm. And we made a decision what we're going to do for spring break. And and that decision was made by the end of the day on Friday. Hmm. So we're, we're we're trying to be intentional about looking forward. And then next Friday, I tell you, because again, structure, uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about June. Okay, what are we going to do next June? We'll take mm-hmm. one week. We're going to go somewhere in yeah. June. So we're, we're trying to get ahead on that um, because of our life and just yeah. the frenetic pace. But with that type of intentionality, the hope there is that we're building those memories with our kids and, you know, trying to model the way for them. That's really good. good. I really like what you said about how, you know, part of the Sabbath is preparation for the other six days of the week. And then I thought, hey, that's the name of the podcast. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. It works. We could have called it Sabbath, but that was already taken. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. We we, we were going to get buried on the Apple (laughs) podcast. Darn it. Yeah, there you go. Black Sabbath? Isn't that an old band? Yeah, Yeah. man. I don't don't even know what they sing. Do they sing good music or Christian music or bad music? Not Christian music. Okay, bad music. <laughs> don't listen to black secular Saturday. music, uh, rock and roll. Yeah, okay, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. That's the devils in the beat. Chat. <laughs> that's right, exactly. <laughs> well, gentlemen, I have enjoyed this conversation, uh, and, and I'm really enjoying this message series. We're going to be continuing it this Sunday. I was Sunday. told that as a teenager, by <laughs> the way, that, that the devils in the beat. Yeah, Sunday school yeah. teacher. Anyway, it's fast. So. <laughs> they play them darn guitars. <laughs> you play it backwards as a subliminal message. Oh my goodness, that's a whole We're different sorry, podcast. Yeah. You're trying to wrap it up. No, here it's we go. Fine. My bad. So, so what do you guys think about music? No. Uh, But no, I mean, I'm looking forward to continuing it this Sunday morning from Stressed to Blessed and uh, 930 to 11 a.m. on campus or online. If you're traveling, you can join us, uh, VaughnForest.com, Facebook page, YouTube channel. Uh, Looking forward to that. Malwage. We're talking about (laughs) Malwage on Sunday. Yes. And I'm going to start my message that way. It's (laughs) going to be be glorious. Yeah, I've always wanted uh, to do a wedding that way, just to walk out and immediately say that at the beginning. They will kick your butt out. Yeah, no bride's ever gone for it. The (laughs) grooms are always like, great. Sounds sounds awesome. 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 Yeah, that's right. This Sunday, though. Yeah, this Sunday. Yeah. Marriage this Sunday. Walk out and say that. Marriage. <laughs> Woo, wow. Okay, sorry. There we go. Well, anyway, gentlemen, I've enjoyed this, and we appreciate you joining us today. So on behalf of Adam Bishop, Matt Collins, Sound Guy Jonathan, and myself, we will see you next time. 